Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Heart of Dating podcast today. I'm Kate Warman, your host, and I am so excited you've tuned in. You guys, we have some really exciting things happening right now, as well as upcoming in the future. And just for a moment, I wanted to take a second to tell you that I actually got together with our podcast team and we did a year review of Heart of Dating. Friends, it was wild to me to see that we have actually doubled in podcast size within the last year. That's crazy. And it's all because of you guys. We could not do this without our stellar community. Now, if you're new here, let me show you around a bit. You guys, we tried to answer as many dating questions as we possibly can. We are not ashamed to go to the hard places. And actually, we like answering difficult questions when it comes to dating. That being said, we want this family to keep on growing. So if you're listening right now and you haven't already joined what we're doing on some of the other platforms, come on over and join us. First, you can join us over on Facebook, where we have a private Heart of Dating Facebook community where singles and couples can share in both the joys and hardships of dating. You can join us by going to facebook.com forward slash heart of dating, liking our Facebook page there, and then going to groups and selecting to join. You can also take a peek at what we're doing over on Instagram. You guys, we're actually doing a few brand new things over there, such as new video content, answering some of your top dating questions. And y'all, we are even trying out some reels, which Lord help me. I have no idea what I'm doing over there, but I am doing my best to put a smile on your face. So come join us over on Instagram at at heart of dating and at Kateness. While you're at it, we love seeing you guys share about the episodes that you are loving. So if this episode resonates with you today, would you do us a favor, screenshot it, text it to a friend, and then go ahead and post about it on Instagram and tag us and share a little bit about why this episode meant so much to you. You guys, that really helps us to continue to spread the news and keep growing. Wouldn't it be so cool in one year from today if we doubled in size from now? That would be insane. Let's get into the episode for today, shall we? I'm so excited to have invited my fierce girlfriend, Ashley Abercrombie, onto the show today. Now, first of all, I just love her name. I mean, seriously, Ashley Abercrombie. That is such an incredible name. But I got to say this. I love her heart even more. She is bold. She tells it how it is. And she speaks so much truth and wisdom. And if you don't believe me, go ahead and check out her book, Rise of the Truth Teller. And follow her on Instagram because she is spitting out truth and wisdom all over the place at Ash Abercrombie. Now today I had Ashley on to talk about the truth about your value. We talk about how we see ourselves as well as how we let other people treat us. Now, the reason I had this conversation with Ashley is because one of the biggest things I see in my conversations with you guys is that you question your value all over the place when it comes to relationships. You question if you're worthy of love. You don't feel valuable, either maybe because of your extensive past or because of your lack of dating history. You compare yourselves to others and it's all destroying your ability to enjoy where you are right here and right now. If you didn't already know, now you know. But singleness is not a disease. Marriage is a gift. That's true. And just like that, singleness is also a gift from God. It truly is, you guys. This is not a plagued season. You have worth and value and you are worthy and you are valuable as a single person. So Ashley and I really get down on into it. If you want to know more about Ashley, I'm about to tell you more. Ashley is a writer and a speaker and author of Rise of the Truth Teller, Own Your Story, Tell It Like It Is, and Live with Holy Gumption. For more than 15 years, she has worked in nonprofit spaces, leading faith-based initiatives, serving as a prison chaplain and pastor, speaking at conferences, churches, and events. Having worked on dozens of books with other authors, Ashley enjoys partnering with new writers to help them edit content and write a winning book proposal. She is co-host of the hilarious and helpful podcast, Why Though? 
and lives in Los Angeles with her husband, two sons, and baby girl. You guys can purchase her book, read and watch content, or connect on her website, ashabercrombie.org. You guys, you're going to love this conversation today. It is real, and I have a feeling it is what so many of you need to hear right now. So without further ado, my conversation with Ashley Abercrombie. Oh my goodness, Ashley Abercrombie, welcome to Heart of Dating, girl. I am so excited to be here with you. I love your work and your podcast, and I just think the world of you. So <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> ditto, girl. Absolutely ditto. And I wish, I've said this a few times, I wish we were in real life doing this, but we're going to have to yes. do it soon, <laughs> post-COVID, yes. right? I can't wait. Because <laughs> you now live on the West Coast. Hey. Yes, I'm so happy to be back in the sunshine again. It's so, it's so awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And before this, you were in Manhattan, right? I think we like just miss each other over there because I was there before LA. Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. We spent 15 years in LA and then I lived in Manhattan for the last four and came back here two weeks before the whole country shut down. Oh, <laughs> so that was exciting. Well, there's that. So you basically brand new start in California. Yes. Sunshine, beach, all the things all closed down, stuck Corporate. in your apartment or house, yep. wherever you were. No, you may not use your pool. No, you may not go to the beach. No, right? you may not do anything fun with your life. You may be stuck in your apartment with the tiny children. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, scary days. Oh man. It's weird how we've adjusted and things have we have a new normal now. I mean, hopefully it'll change in the coming months. We'll see. I don't yes. know. But I'm so glad you're here in California and you're pregnant, girl. So yes. for everyone who can't see Ashley, she's pregnant right now doing this podcast with us. <laughs> yes, and it's awesome. It. When do you do, by the way? So I'm due November 18th oh, with what? a little girl this time because I was like, four men in my household is too many. I'm, <laughs> I love my three, but I was like, God, you cannot give me another man in this house. I need some estrogen energy, please. And he came through. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, little baby girl. Oh, she's going to be so loved by her older brothers. Oh, yeah, I hope so. so. Sweet. I love that. <laughs> that was like my mom. She was the baby and had three older brothers. And oh, no. Yeah, she they loved her, watched out for her, like and and she was to be honest, my grandma's favorite child, I think personally, but she just oh. needed that girl energy, you know. Right, <laughs> you really do, good. you really do need it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love it. And for people who don't, who are just getting to find out who you are today, will you tell them a little bit about who you are, Ashley? Yes, I would love to. So um, I was born and raised in the South until I was 21 years old. And I moved out to the West Coast basically to escape my life. I don't know if anyone's ever done that. But I was like, hey, let me get out of here. Maybe everything would be different if I just moved. That didn't happen, by the way, because everywhere you go, there you are, which is very unfortunate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> then we could talk about my recovery journey later. But, you know, 17 years of sobriety from um, abuse of alcohol, drugs, and bulimia. And I have um, two kids, as you already said, two little boys, a girl on the way. I'm married to my husband who I met here in Los Angeles and I'm a writer and speaker full time and really love the work that I get to do. It took me a very long time to get there, to do the things that I love to do, but I'm very thankful that I spent all those years side hustling. <laughs> it, was, it was worth it in the end. <laughs> yes. And I just love your book, girl. It was so Thank good. You. Rise of the Truth Teller. Tell them just that we're going to go into some of your story, yeah. but why did you write this book? I, I love that you know, this is your first book, I believe, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful. And I have a special yeah. affinity for anyone who this is like their first book because I'm about to release mine in February. And I'm like, yes. oh, girl, I feel you on that process, you know, and it yeah. it really is just such a tender, vulnerable thing. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. And I've always been obsessed with the power of a story. I just really feel like each of us, sometimes we don't value what we bring to the table. We don't value the things that we've gone through. We don't value the power of ordinary days. And so for me, I really wanted to write a book that speaks to the power of a story and help people live in integrity, which is something I spent years trying to do because I had a PhD in pretending. <laughs> I just <laughs> knew how to put on a mask and yes, act like same. everything was okay and just oh. be dying inside. And when I finally dismantled that way of thinking in my life, I wanted to be able to share that with people and also encourage them that wherever you are, you can make a difference in your life, that your life has 
has meaning and your life has value. And it doesn't matter if you're working in Starbucks as a barista, if you own a company, if you're in school, if you are single, if you're married, if you're widowed, if you're divorced, if you are an unattached to anyone, then your life still has meaning and value and you can make a difference where you are. And that's what this book is really about is helping people discover like gumption to live out their daily life, which we need, especially in 2020. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> gumption is required. Grit oh man. Is required. Yeah. Grace is required. <laughs> <laughs> All the things Lord help us this year. Yes. I mean, for real. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And your story just really is so powerful. I had heard your name quite a few times because we have a mutual friend, Kat Harris, and Kat like has just raved about you for the last few years. And anyway, I when oh, I love her too. Um, <laughs> she's been on the podcast a few times. She's a crowd favorite. I love what she's doing over there. She's wonderful. <laughs> yes, same. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been hearing her talk about you. And when we when then she was like, oh, and Ashley has this new book. And I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to get that book. And so I got it when it came out last fall, I believe, right? Yes, it did. October 1st. Yep, yes. that's right. I remember actually, this is just total side <laughs> note, really random, but I went to Onsite. I don't know if you've heard of Onsite. Have you ever heard of it? No, no. So it's a therapy retreat center where it's in outside of Nashville. And it's basically for people who are like, I want to do some intense work on myself, you know? And so you go away for a week without your phone. You don't share your identity except for your first name with people there. It's very incredible. Such a beautiful place. I highly recommend it. But I was like, oh, well, you can't have technology. So in your spare time, you just read. And so Ashley, your book was a book I brought no with way. me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel yeah. so honored that you'd spend the time doing that. Yeah. And it was just every night, you know, weird to not have your phone or anything else or just any technology because you just didn't even have your phone. And I just opened your book and would read it. And I was working through some hard, hard, hard things that week. And so it just, I could so relate to your words. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I want to be friends with this girl. And look, here we are now connecting (laughs) and being friends, you know, but what I learned through your story and you shared a bit about that, but it's just the power of stories, right? And the beauty of what you shared in your book is that you, you came from a past that just you, you've been through so much through addiction and abortion and abuse and dysfunctional relationships. And like you mentioned, even the performing element, and there's just so many parts of your story that I too can relate to actually all those things we just said. I've pretty much also been through in one form or the Mm -hmm. other. And I was like, gosh, and yet here we both are today, right? Um, Trying to find Jesus through all of that and really be able to own that in a way that says, hey, I'm still valuable. And when I was thinking about what we're going to talk about today, Ashley, I just have been messaged by so many people about fear of dating and fear of putting themselves out there basically because they are ashamed of their past. They're ashamed of who they are potentially, or maybe they've had people that have spoken bad things in their life and that's what that they walk into their life and walk into situations with that identity kind of screaming in their minds like, hey, you're not going to get this anyway. Hey, you shouldn't even try. And so I would love, Ashley, if you could share just a little bit about your journey and then we could kind of dive into the conversation about value and how do we find true value? Yeah, gosh, this is something I'm so passionate about. So I'm really glad that we're talking about this. And as you just shared, I I have gone through so much in my life, you know, sexual assault, having had an abortion, which as a Christian can sometimes feel like the most terrifying thing on the planet to admit, especially in the last couple of years where, you know, we've seen this sort of public dialogue and rhetoric about the issue of abortion. And it can really be very shaming towards women. And one in four women have had an abortion, which means one in four men have also had an abortion, right? And we don't often talk about that side of it. Um, But there's so much shame in our culture. And we get this idea that if we don't come to the table perfect, then we're not worth loving. And if we don't come to the table perfect, then we're not worth somebody treating us as though we have value. And we inherit that, you know, sometimes from the time we're very very young. We get messages either in our family of origin or perhaps at school if you were bullied or perhaps by a teacher or a coach who may have um, spoken derogatory terms to you about who you are as a person or perhaps the race that you are or your gender. There could be so many 
voices living on the inside of our head. And I can remember a time that really stood out to me. And I was really trying to get those voices out of my head. And this is in my very early twenties. I'm maybe 21 years old. I'm just sort of like coming back to God. I'm starting the recovery journey. I'm asking God how I can heal. How can I be restored? And one of the things I learned from a mentor is the power of our words. And we kind of have to discover like, what are these internal voices that are living on the inside of me, which can feel hard because you have to let them exist and you have right. to let them be real, not push them down somewhere <laughs> yeah. and not let them express themselves through either an addiction or through a bad habit or through some sideways behaviors that we might have because we're trying to cope with those voices. But I had to really lay them all out on the table and discover what are these things that are living inside my head? What voices from the past? What voices am I taking with me on my journey? What tapes are playing? over and over and over and over again in my head. And I laid them out before God. And I was honest about them to myself and to God. And as I did that process, I really realized, wow, none of this lines up with what the Lord says that I am. And as a matter of fact, none of these are actually thoughts I think about myself. Like I've been trained to think this way about myself, but I don't actually believe this stuff is true. And so learning the power of words was huge for me. And a friend gave me this long list of confessions from scripture. And at first I was like, this is so hokey. Like, are you kidding me? You know, and every morning though, for an entire year, I would stand in front of my mirror and I would say those confessions, you know, I am loved. I am purposed. My life has value. You know, I am loved beyond measure daughter of a King. I am the head and I'm not the tail. I mean, it was like all these scriptures. I think there were about 50 of them in the confessions and I would just get up every day and do them. And to be honest, the first couple of months, it just felt like it's, this is doing nothing. This is trash. Nobody can just like speak their way into a better life or a better way of thinking. But the truth is faith come by, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we actually do have to speak those words out of our mouth. And as we speak them out of our mouth, we're hearing ourselves, we're telling ourselves a new story and it's creating a new roadmap in our brain that counteracts the negative voices that are in our head. And sure enough, over time, I began to actually believe those things. And now that was coupled alongside some support groups and some real therapy and some recovery work and some really good friends who saw me for who I was and did not say derogatory things to me, did not repeat the voices of my past. So there are a few things that have to happen. You can't just wake up and speak words over your mouth and expect your whole life to change. But it really was me learning how to counteract all the things that had been given to me. And I think sometimes we accept stuff when we're young because we don't know any better and we accept it as truth. And as we mature, as we grow older, we have to recognize, no, I actually do have power. I do have value. My life matters. And even though I've gone through things and even though I've made some terrible choices, it doesn't mean that I'm not worth love. And it doesn't mean that I don't deserve to live a life that counts, to live a life that matters. And so it was important for me personally to begin to counteract all that negativity with something that really mattered and was tra had transforming power, you know, not just like mantras, but like, this is actually the truth of scripture. Like the Holy Spirit is breathing on this. This is real transforming power in my life. And it worked <laughs> and it still works, frankly. Like you don't ever grow out of that. Like you don't grow out of learning scripture. You don't grow out of learning what God says about you like we need it in every season of life you know whether you're 40 years a christian or a brand new christian like we need yeah. this truth in our lives yeah and i think even what you tapped into earlier too, Ashley, like I think there's a special place, a special but almost somewhat toxic place in the church where we have an expectation, whether it's put on us by other people, by the church, whoever it's put on, but that we are supposed to show up exactly a certain way and our past and how our lives should look are supposed to be very specific. And so for yes. someone like you and someone like me, when uh, yeah. when I have shown up and in, in, when I've started healing those things of my past, it's still tough for me to show up being like, oh, but these people I feel still see me as X or they're not going to accept me because of X. Like, oh, I've had sex before. Okay. I'm not, I'm not accepted anymore, you know, or I was sexually abused. What does that say about me? I can't even admit that to people because I have to be this per perfect Christian that would never get in a right. situation like that. Right. Like I would never date yes. a guy who isn't a Christian. I would never date a guy who hurt me, but yet I did, you know? So what does that mean about me? And I think that there is a lot of pressure for, for men and women to show up so perfectly. And if it's not that way, then 
you you try to pretend and put on these masks and well I'm just going to pretend that those things didn't exist and what we're doing is just compartmentalizing pushing things down and actually letting shame continue to build throughout the years yes. at least that's what happened to me <laughs> yeah yes I love what you're saying and same for me too and the problem with perfection this expectation of perfection is that it cultivates perpetual disappointment in our lives and it perpetuates failure this feeling of failure because you're never living up to a certain standard that you think whether it's other people putting it on you, or it's your perceived perspe- perspective of what they're putting on you. Um, but it, it creates perpetual disappointment. And then what I found is that we often begin to expect others to be perfect. Like if we're performing and we're wanting perfection, we often expect other people to deliver that as well. And so our relationships are not honest and we're not able to create re- attachments in real time because we're both pretending to be someone else. And so I think the real journey of people, and maybe especially in the church, maybe not, because I've found that honestly, whether you're in or out of the church, people struggle with this idea of perfection and they struggle with this idea of wearing a mask and not wanting to reveal who we really are because it's so vulnerable. It takes great courage to show up and be present and be the same person in every environment. But I think the real journey for us is really understanding dismantling that and looking at it and going, you know what, this is not true. And when we read scripture, my goodness, who was perfect in that Bible? Not a single person. And if you read scripture, it really gives you courage because you're like, geez, these guys were jacked up. I mean, from Genesis (laughs) to the end of the Bible, you're like, this is a whole thing. You know, it's filled with murderers and prostitutes and, you know, adulterers and so many things, people who were grumbling and moaning and complaining because sometimes I think we, you know, identify outside sins and we sort of, you know, decide like, oh, these are the worst ones. But the truth is like Jesus came for the Pharisees too. He's like, yeah, you do everything right. But on the inside, you're a whitewashed tomb. Like your thoughts are bad. The way you treat people is actually really bad. You do everything by the law and by the book, but you actually don't have a spirit of life or a spirit of love in you. So I think the wonderful thing about being so broken and coming from a super jacked up background is like, you know, you're not perfect. (laughs) It becomes a little easier to let go of that stuff than for people who maybe have never made that mistake, but have always prided themselves on self-righteousness and then can't deal with the internal thoughts that they're having or the internal struggles that they're having. So we're all just a big hot mess is what I'm trying to communicate. (laughs) That's the point. It's like that, that is actually the point. Our brokenness is what connects us. It's not the thing that divides us. Like if you are willing to recognize I'm broken and you're broken, what a free place, like come be yourself here. You don't have to be perfect. And I don't expect that of you. And I don't want you to expect that of me. And then just the final thing I want to say about this is sometimes I think that we have to really let go of other people's expectations. Mm. And I know that was a journey for me. I used to be a people pleaser major. Oh yeah. And mm. um, man, that was such a struggle for me. It's it's not anymore, but it used to be. And when I finally was able to recognize like, wow, I don't have to live up to anybody's expectations. And even though you want me to be perfect in this situation, I'm not going to be like, I'm just going to make a courageous choice to not be that and to not show up as that for you and to not comfort you in that way, then for me, it really began to change my life for the better. And so I think we need more of that in in the church and in the world where people are just brave enough to say, like, I'm not going to perform to your expectations. I'm going to do my best. And that's what I'm going to hold myself to. And if you don't like that, it's going to have to be okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, girl. Because the thing is like, hey, if you get married to that person, you cannot perform to them for the rest of your (laughs) life. Like things are going to be revealed behind the curtain once the (laughs) wedding happens. You know, it's like you, all the things come out, right? I don't know for sure. I can only talk to my married friends like you, Ashley, who tell me about that. Like, you know, that, that perfect mask is going to have to come back, come off at some point. And what I see often, I don't want to just say this is only a woman thing, but I see a lot of women, women doing this. Like we see our biological clock. We are like, Oh, the time is ticking. I feel like I have to force it. I feel like I have to make it happen. And I'm totally guilty of this, that then I am now entering into dating where I'm putting somebody on a pedestal and I'm trying to be exactly what I think they want me to be. I'm trying to basically be on, and in in essence, I'm on audition to be their wife. I'm like, hey, let me just show you how wifely and amazing I can be, you know? And to the point of, I'm also not doing things that I would really do in real life. You know, I'm right. like, I am, I'm, and I do believe that there's a level of intentionality and pursuit, of course, but not at sacrifice of just I'm people pleasing and I'm being something just because I think that is what you want me to be. 
right? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you have said so much right there. And I think that that's <laughs> a real struggle. And I dealt with that too in dating. And I really wanted to enter my marriage sober-minded. And I wanted all the stuff out on the table, you know, the fears, the failures, the mistakes. I wanted it all out on the table on both sides because I wanted to say a true yes. You know, like I wanted to really know what I was saying yes to. And I wanted Cody, my husband, to know what he was saying yes to. And so obviously there's a progress, you know, a process for us to be able to reveal ourselves in dating relationships. You know, you can't just do it all on the first date. But there was this period of time where we talked very heavily about our past and what our struggles were and why we struggled with those things. And then I remember right before we got engaged, I sat him down and was like, Hey, I have this very real fear that all men cheat. I just have a real fear about this. I I have seen it to be true in my life in and out of the church. And I just have this fear that, you know, all men cheat. And I remember he looked at me across the table and he said, listen, that's a valid fear for what you've experienced in your life, but I will not let fear dominate our relationship. And I love you and I'm deeply committed to you. And I want to take this step with you. And it was so encouraging to just be able to lay it out on the table and have a a response of assurance. (laughs) And so I think the braver you are, the more honest you are in the process over time, the better. And I love what you shared, Kate, because I I think that's so many of us, we want to show up and sort of audition, man, that was just like, that's the clearest way I've ever heard it said, Uh, especially for Christian women. And I think that, you know, we don't have to audition, we're not performing for anybody like, and if they don't like us, it's no shade on us. It's like, your loss next. (laughs) Well, and what you're saying right there though, is what I try to, and I I just, I love that we're talking about that just on that moment, because so many women, and I hope they're listening and guys too, this is for you, but like they are hung up on that. They're hung up on not being able to realize that if you don't like me onto the, that's fine onto the next, you know, and they're not able to get there. They're not even able to step out to put themselves out there because they're like, what does it mean if he rejects me? What does it mean if we, it's going well and I, like him and I'm starting to get connected to him, but it doesn't work out. Does that mean that all the value is gone? You know, it's like, and because we are so stuck in not being able to say, oh, you know what? That's fine. Thank you. Next. You know, like, yes. I mean, and I think that we can get to that place though. And I love that you and I are speaking about that only because like, Hey girls, I get it guys. I get it. Like yeah. abusive relationships, toxic people, people yes. being betrayed, cheating. Ashley, I was so cheated on so many times and that is real to have those fears are real. And what does it mean to say, even if we are rejected in the future, even if it doesn't work out, we are still inherently valued. I think before entering into dating, I try to encourage men and women like, hey, can we get to that mindset before you even say, I'm going to be committed to this person? Because it, that person is going to bound to, it, they're going to bound to be disappointing you at some point or another, yes. you know, like they yes. really will. Um, and yep. it's not guaranteed to work out. Like it really isn't guaranteed that it will end in marriage. That is the, is the, uh, you know, the vulnerability of dating. It's true. And I get it. That is a real thing. It is hard when you feel like, Hey, I want this to work out. I have no idea because <laughs> we're not in covenant yet. So they could leave at any right. time, but That's right. how do we work it up to be able to heal, do the things that you said earlier, like those voice, like saying those things that are so powerful, rooted in scripture over yourself to say, Hey, this is my value, whether or not a person is choosing to come on this journey with me. And that doesn't change if they leave me. Right. Ooh, it's, it's so much easier said than done, but it is possible. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think that so much of this comes from our unresolved trauma. And, you know, I write about this in my book, the idea of shame compounding shame and trauma compounding trauma. And sometimes we have this thing about death by a thousand cuts. Like it's just the, the, it can be the little rejections or it can be a little unresolved trauma, or it can be a little thing that's still sitting from your past that is really haunting your future or the relationship that's in front of you. And so we do have to get great. That's why I'm so passionate about the recovery journey and why I love it, because I think that it has given me tools on a regular basis to reflect, to take inventory, to not live in denial, to be honest about where I'm at, to be honest about the pain in my life, which doesn't go away, by the way, like nobody just suddenly wakes up one day in this land of euphoria where there's no issues, no problems, no pain. Like that is not real life. (laughs) You know, we sometimes strive for that. And again, that's the idea of perfection, that there is this place we arrive where, ah, 
And you know, there is just, there is none of that in life. And like, then life a global cold. pandemic hits and we're all Come like, on. wait, what? Exactly. You're <laughs> what like, about everything was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So sometimes it's things that are completely out of your control. And so I think the journey with God is this process of going, Lord, here's, here's who I am. You know, I think about Psalm 139, search me, right. And know me, see if there's any offense in me and lead me in the way of everlasting life. And I just think that that's a beautiful way to live. God, do I have any offense? Is there anything in me that's offending you? And God, would you show it to me? Would you help me lay it out? And Lord, would you surround me with some good friends who will be honest with me, who will tell me the truth? And actually, that's something that really attracted me is that I've I've found very often in my dating relationships, I tended to pick guys who didn't have any close guy friends. And they didn't have anyone that was really like, in their corner. And I remember meeting my husband and being like, man, he has such good friends. And so I knew that I was going to enter this relationship where I had great friends, he had great friends, and I wasn't going to have to be the one to call him to the carpet for everything. <laughs> I wasn't going to have to be the one to sort of like hold him up and hold him in place, which had been my background. It almost felt like in my former dating relationships, my role was to make them better. And then yeah. they would break up with me and go like date someone else. And I'm yeah. like, what? I mean, what is, what is that about me? But I realized part of it is me. I was avoiding real intimacy, right? Because I was choosing people who really weren't ready. They weren't hemmed in, in relationship. They didn't have other people they were leaning on. I was their sole support. And so they would drain me dry, leave me and move on. Yeah. Talk and about codependency so, too. Cause that's oh like, my gosh. right. Exactly. And what I loved about it, it, it was safe in the way that it gave me the upper hand. I felt like I had the power because I was doing better. Right. But it's not the truth. You actually don't have the power <laughs> and then you're shaping someone else's life and then they leave and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> oh, and then that dictates your value once again. And I've done Come that a lot, Ashley. I'm like, oh, especially as I've worked on my healing journey, I'm like, oh, I know a lot more now. Right. But now my problem or my arch nemesis is to be aware of the fact that sometimes I choose projects, you know, and I have to not expect that they're going to be perfect. Coming back to what we said earlier, that they're going to be a work in progress. I have to allow them to go on their own journey of that too. You know, I have to let them decide, do I want to mentor? How much time am I going to spend with God? What fruits of the spirit do I have in my life? I can't force them to get any of those things, you know, but no. in the past and what I've had to work on the last few years is not inserting too much of myself in their personal process. There is definitely that balance to find of like, Hey, I support you. I'm here for you. And like, Hey, do you want advice? I will happily give it to you. If not, I'm here to just listen and encourage you and because there is that fine balance, right? Versus, and then we become like their mother, that, that figure in their life. That's like yep. constantly trying to make them move along. And all they do is end up resenting us in the process. I promise you that ladies, that's definitely happened to me. And, but me then <laughs> if it ends, Hey, there I am being like, Oh wait, my, all my efforts failed. Like, you know, what does that say about me? If they walk away from me, is it because I didn't do a good enough job to try to help them? <laughs> You know, and it's just not about that. We we are two individuals on our own journeys with God that we're looking to say, are we running in a similar direction to grow with the Lord? Are we better together to serve people, to serve the kingdom than just individuals? And gosh, it's so hard when we insert too much of ourselves into the way someone else is doing something, man. <laughs> gosh. And that's a beautiful way to say it when you insert yourself too much. And I think, you know, as a single person and as a married person, but it's really great to start identifying what areas of our life do we do that in? Is it in dating? Do we do that at work? You know, do we do that with our coworkers? Do we take on more responsibility than is necessary or that anyone is asking us to? Do we do that in our faith communities, in our volunteer opportunities, in our families? Because then you can start to really identify, is this an integrity thing? Is this a, a pattern that I have in my life that... It, may not be wholly harmful, but it's not serving me. It's not helping me grow. It's not giving me the margin I need to become the person that I really want to become. And so I love what you shared because I think we can do that in so many areas of our life. Like it transitions so much further than dating and relationships, you know? Um, we can be that person in the friendship circle who's always making everybody better. But the truth is we're not really unveiling who we really are and accepting that we also are a big mess and we also need help and we also need reciprocity. And so that's a really powerful way to say that. You have all these gems. I hope they're in your book. I really do. Yes. This is good stuff. You know, girl, they are. Thank you. I love it. You were just so affirming too. I'm like, yes, speak my love language. Thank you, Ashley. So good. Hey friends, so I want to take a quick break today in the episode to share with you a product I have been loving that I think you're going to love as well. 
Now in this quarantine season specifically, I have just been trying to take some better care of myself. I've been working on my skincare regimen, I've been trying to work out as much as I possibly can, and then one area that I've really spent some love and care on is with my hair care routine. A few years back, I was actually platinum blonde. Yep, indeed, I basically had white blonde hair, but needless to say, I've been trying to grow and lengthen and make my hair really healthy ever since then. Now, I am one of those people that loves recommendations from people I trust. So for the last few years, I've been asking friends who have amazing hair. I'm like, what shampoo and conditioner do you use? I need to use it right now. Then I would find the product, buy it, and I would try it out. And I gotta say this, it never exactly works the same for me as it does for other people until I finally found a genie in a bottle hair product that is literally built custom just for me. It's called Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty saved my hair life, you guys. It is hair care that is formulated specifically for you. No matter your hair type, they create shampoo, conditioner, and treatments to fit your unique needs. Function of Beauty has over 54 trillion possible ingredient combinations to make sure your formula is as unique to you as possible. This is how it works. First, you take a short quiz to really find out more about your hair. Then Function of Beauty's team determines the right blend of ingredients for your specific hair. Then they bottle your custom formula to order. You can even decide what color you want your products to be and the fragrance that you want it to smell like. Then they deliver your personalized formula right to your door in a cute customized bottle. They even print your name on it, okay? It's so cute. Their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free. They never use sulfates, parabens, or any other harmful ingredients. Function of Beauty is not just the first ever custom hair care brand, it's actually the internet's top rated customized hair care brand. They have over 40,000 real five-star reviews and counting. So you can go to functionofbeauty.com heart to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. You can purchase one time or you could do a subscription model, whatever is best for you. So go to functionofbeauty.com forward slash heart for 20% off and then let them know that you heard about this from Heart of Dating. I love Function and Beauty and so grateful that they helped me transform my hair. we're talking about value here and the places that we get value sometimes in ways that are more destructive to us than we realize. But something I want to bring up here is specifically uh, comparison. And I think as we struggle with that, I mean, across the board, but I do see that in singleness, especially because we are comparing and there is, I don't want to say, well, I'm going to say it. I do think in the church context, we are encouraged like, hey, you should get married young, you know? And if you don't, it's like almost after 21, 22, 23, then what? Like we don't have a Mm. lot of opportunities for singles to flourish. We don't have a lot of ways that we celebrate singles in the church. And so because of that, there is this almost like inherent, hey, you're supposed to, you're on a timeline, like get married. You are more valuable as a couple than you are just as an individual. And we start comparing. And I think in this season, I've heard a lot of women and men just talking about like, oh my gosh, how tough is it for me to see other people getting paired off in COVID or get married right now? And here I am lonelier than ever in this season, you know, like I thought, I was, I was a little weary before COVID. Now I can barely meet people. And now when will it ever be my time? I see all these people getting the things I want. When is it going to be my time? You know? So how do you, you know, comparison? Let's just talk about that and how it destroys our inherent value. Gosh, I love this too. And I want to, I want to share with you guys, first of all, like if you are facing loneliness as a single person, I want you to know that many married people I know right now are, are, deeply lonely. And even if they love their spouse, because we are not created to be in this little isolated bubble, we were created for community and we're created to be connected. And so you're not the only one struggling with loneliness. It's not a single person's plague. Like this is a, it's a humanity issue. Like there are so many people who are just lonely. And so I want you to know that. And then the other thing is like, I was really blessed to be part of churches in my adulthood, like basically from 21 on that really valued singles. And you did not have to be married to make a difference. You didn't have to be married to preach a message. You didn't have to be married to be on the platform. You know, you didn't have to be married to lead a team. And so I felt like singles have been really valued. Part of that could be the cities I live in. So Los Angeles and Manhattan. I mean, it just tends to be that people are single much longer and getting married in their thirties or even their early forties or later. And that, that isn't abnormal as it is in like some of the smaller 
smaller towns where I was raised in the Southeast, for example. But I think that comparison is a really big deal because I think that we have this idea in life that there's a pie and we're all jockeying to get a slice of the pie. And what I love to tell people is like, no, you're a whole pie. Like you are a whole pie. You have the things that God has for you. No, no person can take for you from you. The things that God has prepared for you, no other person can take from you. And so I think it's really important for us to remember that we're not all jockeying for like eight slices. You know, right. it's like, no, I have my own purpose. I have my own lane that I'm running in and, and to remember that and to know that to be true. And the other thing is, I think, you know, we live in this social media digital world and not to put it all on digital, right? Because like this thing of comparison has been around since the beginning of time, this thing of hiding and filtering and pretending and performing has been around since the garden of Eden, right? So that's yes. not, it's not a millennial problem. You know, boomers struggle with comparison. Okay. Like it's, it's, uh, it's along the spectrum because we have this idea of how our life should go. And again, it points back to expectations. It points back to perfection. It points back to the ideals. And I think sometimes in churches, we do a disservice because we have told people, you know, the highest form of living is marriage and procreating. And sometimes churches are centered on that idea. And I do not think they should be. I don't agree with (laughs) that methodology. I don't think it's biblical. And it's not to take away from the importance of family. Like that's, that's fabulous. Great. Good for you. But then what about people who don't ever get married? What about people who get married when they're in their fifties? Are they supposed to spend their whole life waiting? Are they supposed to feel less than because we've lifted up something as an idol unto God versus something that God created for our our good pleasure and for his good pleasure and to bring him glory. And so I think tearing down those idols in the church is an important part of this process, but also learning how to, in the digital age, what do I need to turn off? What do I need more of in my feeds? What do I need to unfollow? What do I need to get rid of? How is the algorithm playing into my loneliness? Because it does that. It it pays attention to what you look at. It pays attention to what you like. It pays attention to what you click on. And then it feeds you more of that. So is there anything in our feed that potentially could be harming us or not helping us on our journey out of isolation or our journey out of comparison? Because the truth is, friend, like you were created in God's image and you are unique and you are an image bearer on the earth. And there is no one who can do what you were created to do. And there is no one who has the purpose that you were created to live out. And I love thinking about even something as simple as DNA and fingerprints. Like in all of time, everybody gets a unique fingerprint. Mm. How crazy is that? Like that is the craziest thing. No one will ever have your fingerprint again. Like before or after you die, no one gets that. And so it's just proof of God's individual love for us and his unique creation for us and that we add value no matter what our life circumstances are. You could be in the worst time of your life and you bring value to the table. Your presence counts. It matters. And when you show up, it's needed and necessary. And so I think comparison is something that every person struggles with, but it is one of those things that you can discipline yourself to turn off. You know, And I do that. Some of the counteracts, that I do for um, comparison is I have learned to celebrate. I do the things that I already mentioned, which is fixing my feeds, knowing yeah. what I like and what I don't like. Like I make sure that my feed is is a safe, safe health, health zone. <laughs> yeah. But then I also um, practice celebrating. Mm. So I can remember for 20 years, I wanted to be a writer. For 20 years, I wanted to publish a book. As a matter of fact, I was a ghostwriter for 10 books before I wrote mine. Oh my gosh. And so it would have been very easy for me to become very bitter. Like really 20 years, I've helped 10, 10 books have, been, have come out because of my help. And I can't even write one. And so I resonate deeply with what you shared and probably with what some of our listeners are dealing with. I resonate so deeply, but I had to just keep holding on to the truth that I had a voice and I had something to say. And that at some point that was going to intersect with an opportunity that would be meaningful for me. So friend, hold on, (laughs) like, hold on. Comparison will kill you. Like it really will. It will destroy your purpose. It will make you bitter and resentful. So just find a way to celebrate others, find a way to journey with people, find some incredible encourages in your life and ask for what you need. It's like, I'm so discouraged. I find myself isolated because I keep comparing myself to other people. I feel like I should be further down the track and get some encouragers in your life. We're going to be like, no, where you are right now is fine. <laughs> and you're going to be okay. And we are championing your dreams and we love you. And we believe in you. Like get those people in your corner because they are necessary for us to thrive. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what is that's bringing up what you're saying? Oh, it's so good. Ashley, I was just like, yes, nodding my head right now. So just <laughs> preach it girl. But as you're saying that, it's like, it reminds me that almost 
almost like in a uh, sports game, which I'm not a big sports person, but you need referees in your life, aka accountability, people will, who will help you, people who will blow the whistle, people that you trust. You don't need to, everyone isn't a referee in your life. Don't allow everybody to be a referee, but truly people who know you, who know your story, who know some of your tendencies, they need, you need to have referees. At the same time, you also need cheerleaders. You need the people on the sidelines with the pom-poms who like love you, who are going to empower you and encourage you. And those are just as important in my mind too. You need both of those things. You need the, and some people may play both roles. Some people may be a referee and a, a cheerleader, and some people may just be a cheerleader. Finding the balance of both of those things are so important. And when we are fighting this battle for our value and to keep the, our true inherent, I mean, to know deeply who we are and that we have inherent value because God has created us. We are his image bearers, as you shared, but we need both of those things. And to be able to fight off things like comparison, we need referees. We need people to be like, hey, you are just seemingly really down. Like what's going on in your life? What, I mean, what, is there anything I can help encourage you to change? Like, what are you looking at every day? I mean, we consume so much media. I am afraid to even admit sometimes, uh, the, uh, you know, I have that app on my phone that tells me weekly how much time I'm spending on my phone. Mm -hmm. It's It's like screen time. It's like, you've spent an average of 10% more time this week. And I was like, Oh my God, Lord Jesus, help me God. Um, but I need the people who are going to be like, Kate, you got to put that phone away. You're going to put that on airplane mode today. Okay. Or you need to stop looking at this specific account or whatever it is. And then you also need those cheerleaders, the people who are like, Hey, I'm going to come along. I'm just always going to cheerlead you. And I'm going to celebrate all the little things. And I think as singles, that's so important. Like, no, maybe you're not having a baby right now. No, maybe you're not getting engaged right now. And I know we celebrate those things, but what else can we celebrate right in this season that you're doing? And who are the people that can be the ones that in, inspire you to do that? You know, even when you're feeling down, because sometimes we're like, uh, I don't really feel like even sharing that I did this cool thing. Cause like, it's not that cool in comparison, so, right? Totally. <laughs> we need yeah, somebody else to I've be like, that. nope, that's amazing. Let's celebrate it. We're going to have yes. a glass of champagne right now. That is awesome. Yes. <laughs> Come on. I love that. I, um, I can remember when I first had a published article and I was like, you know what? I'm going to celebrate this. Like I'm deeply committed to it. I invited friends over, set up a killer cheese board and I made them listen to me do a reading of this article. And I was like, because this is a big deal for me. And so I think, don't be afraid. Like if you feel like no one's doing that in my life, don't be afraid to be like, yeah, no one's doing that in my life, but I'm going to invite some friends over. I'm going to do it myself so that people understand what to value in your life and people understand what you want them to care about, you know, because sometimes they don't know. Right. Exactly. Ashley. Like sometimes I have to be like, Hey, so this actually means because everyone is different, like words of effort. What, what is your love language? Right. I mean, we, we receive love in different ways for one of the things for me is truly having people be advocates for certain things that I do. Like that means more to me than quality time in some ways. Like it truly does. So, but I have to be able to communicate that to people because if they're like, oh, I'm going to come over and spend 30 minutes with you from a safe distance versus I'm going to support this X thing that you did. Actually, the supporting of X thing means more to me, but we have to be able to communicate that to people. What makes us feel valued from our friends? What do we want them to celebrate with us? You know? Yeah. So good. So powerful. Yeah. I love it. Sometimes, <laughs> oh, I get so lost in assuming that people know what I want them to do, right? It's like, yeah. oh, you should have known to be to support me here or show up for me in this way. But they're like, right. oh, and those I'm, are relationship killers right there. Oh man, right? It's an expectation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Come on. Ashley girl, this is so good. I, I'm just so thankful for you. And speaking of social media, you just have such a real presence on social media. You Thank talk you. about topics that matter. You share from the heart. And I just truly love following you. I don't say that to everybody because it means like, the world to me. Thank you. Yeah. You're high on <laughs> my algorithm, girl. I'm like, oh, I want to read Ashley's post today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, well, Ashley, we can, I know, go more into this, the depths of this conversation, but I want to kind of end our conversation by asking you the question I ask every guest. And so freedom to answer however you want. But what is your final nugget of dating advice for the heart of dating people today? Mm, I think 
my final nugget would be to find someone like look for a person with integrity and cultivate that in your own life. I mean, obviously I wrote a book about telling the truth. You guys could have predicted exactly what I was going to say here, (laughs) but I think I could not express to you how valuable integrity is. A person who is able to openly and honestly communicate what they think, what they feel, what they need, what they desire. And if you bring that to the table as well, it cultivates this rich, honest connection, no matter what you're going through, no matter how good or bad things are. If you have that, if you have integrity, you can build trust, you can build vulnerability, you can springboard from courage. And so integrity is something that I encourage you to cultivate in your own life. And when you need help doing that, get help, (laughs) go to a therapist, go to a recovery group, open up to your friends, like cultivate integrity in your life and look for it in another person. Don't look for the shiny stuff or the things that look really good or the, the charming things that are really awesome. And that's lovely. Like it's all lovely. Wonderful. But at the end of the day, you cannot spot integrity run, (laughs) just run in the opposite direction. You do not want to be a part of that. And integrity can really be seen over time. So allow it to flourish in your life and look for it in other people. Yeah, that's good, especially over time. Ooh, girl, yep. Girl, I would love for people to get connected to you, know more about what you're doing. So would you just share how they can do that and how they, the full name of your book, all the things. Yes. So my book is called Rise of the Truth Teller. Own your story, tell it like it is, and live with holy gumption. And you can get it anywhere books are sold. You can get it in two days on Amazon if you want to read it. I have an audible version that I read and love so much. (laughs) And then there's a Kindle version available too. And my website is ashabercrombie.org. If you want to download the first chapter of my book, you can do it there. I hang out the most on Instagram, just at ashabercrombie. And I love to connect with people. So feel free to message me, say hello. I would love to connect with you. And thank you, Kate, for allowing me the opportunity to have this wonderful conversation with you. I really do think the world of you. (laughs) Same ditto girl. It's so wonderful. I'm so grateful for this conversation. I feel encouraged after this conversation. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes. (laughs) Yes. So you just preach some really beautiful things and I'm so excited for, for everyone to hear this. So thank you so much for being on Heart of Dating today. My honor and privilege. Now, how about that interview with Ashley Abercrombie today, you guys? Man, she is so incredible. I love how Ashley really was so open about her past, some of the really hard things that she's gone through, and how she's had to fight to really find and remain true to her value. You guys, this is a process. Trust me, it's been a process for me as well, but it is so important for us to know our worth and our value as we go out and date. Because trust me, friends, there is no person on the planet that is going to make you feel happy and whole for the rest of your life. The only person who can do that is the person of Jesus. It is Christ. I promise you, he is the only one who can really fill the voids in your heart. So I want to encourage you, find your worth and your value. Take time to really process and press into this so that you can walk in confidence and walk in your worth as you are actively dating. All right, guys, I love you so much. Hope to see you on Instagram. And if you like this episode, would you go and do us a favor? Just screenshot it right now and then post it on Instagram and tag us. We would appreciate that so much. See you guys next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 